Welcome to Fourth Time for the Charm, where niche is neat. Been your producer, Matt, your director, but screw all that, because the shea butter is back, and I'm bathing in it. Monty, how the hell are ya? I'm good. I'm severely jet-lagged. And yeah! <laughs> positive side is I got this new microphone, so... Let's Whoa. See how it goes. Sound fucking spelt. <laughs> we, we, we got new audio in the his house. Yeah, was, uh, uh, we are we are in a period of of growth and learning for fourth times the charm. And if you would like to join us in that, just uh, follow us and shoot us a message on our Instagram, which you can find by typing 4ttc.org, or you can go to fourth times the charm official with underscores. And if you send us a screenshot of you giving us a five-star review, we will send you between the release of this episode and our next episode, we will send you a free horror DVD Ooh. of Matt's choice, but I'll send it out to you. Ooh. Perfect. I know exactly which rare and obscure and expensive DVD I'm picking. Within reason. So, <laughs> we, <laughs> we want to spread the love here on Fourth Time's the Charm. That's just what we're going to do. But today, as we approach spooky season... We are nearing Horror Central. And so today we are talking about two different pieces of horror in the visual medium. All the time, just putting that out there. What? (laughs) We kind of talk about horror like a lot. Well, yeah, we talk about wrestling a lot. I'm telling people this isn't a music episode and it's not a wrestling episode. (laughs) It's the third option. Okay, all right. It's the third times the charm. Yeah, yeah, it's the third one here. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the mysterious short film, 12 Kilometers, Ooh. and we are also going to talk about one of the most legendary silent films, and in my personal opinion, probably the Ooh. best aged silent film I've ever wow. seen, 1922's Haxon. A largely forgotten film in, in that far too, it almost was lost to history really when it came to like, you know. It getting the attention it deserves even compared to movies like uh the movie that ben won't let me pronounce but about the strong men in hell my chest day there we go my chest not Mercase. <laughs> or the yeah or the man who we'll we'll talk about it it's placed amongst the silent film greats when we uh when we dive deep into that film that's right so before we talk about Haxon, we're going to be in the present <laughs> with the short film 12 kilometers if you guys would like to check out any of these pieces of media and you're not sure where to go all you got to do is go to reddit.com slash r slash 4ttc it's a debut that's right we have a reddit page now and i am slowly going to be uploading uh, links from prior episodes, a nice repository. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, join us there. You yep. can show us your own posts that are niche and neat. The only three rules. It's got to be niche. It's got to be neat. And don't be an asshole. Yep. So we'll and, see and how I'll, far and that gets us on Reddit. I'll be posting uh, bands and other niche pieces of media on there that I come across throughout uh, the internet as I'm exploring and diving into stuff. You'll see some stuff that might not get a full fourth times the charm episode, but stuff that is niche and neat that you should definitely be checking out. And you can then share with us the things that you find out there that are niche and neat. And we might even cover them here on the episode on the podcast. 
But first, we're going to talk about 12 kilometers. Now, Matt, yes, you were the person who introduced me to this. So even though this was my homework, I'd like to ask you, how did you find this short film? So, well, the director, Mike Pecky? Pesci? Pecci? Pecci? Yeah, my, the, the director, Mike Pecci, um, had a very unique way of both marketing and releasing this film. Um, so it was released primarily through exclusively through word of mouth. And I think almost exclusively through Instagram. So you can, you can find uh, Mike Pecky on Instagram. You just got to type in his name. M I K E P E C C I. Yeah. It's gotta be Pecky. Yeah. Pecky. Sorry. If you're listening to this, Mike, we're sorry. I'm gonna call you Mike from here on out. Um, Mike decided to release this film in a really innovative way. So I uh, occasionally spend too much time on Instagram. Um, and I watch a lot of like horror and creepy um, like clips from artists. And I was just scrolling through when I came across one of the reviews of the movie. And it specifically talked about how the only way uh, to see the movie was to send the director a, uh, a message on Instagram uh, listing out your three favorite horror movies or the three horror films that you think are the best. Um, and if he appreciated your answer, he would send you the link to the movie. Um, and so I went about doing that and, uh, Ben did it as well. And Monty also did it. So we were what all, were, what were your three movies you chose, Matt? Uh, mine were 1973's the Wick- wicker man. I genuinely, I think one of the greatest horror movies of all time, arguably the best, um, full core movie ever made and probably one one probably my top five favorite horror movies of all time um my number one favorite horror movie the one that's the closest to my heart uh in the mouth of madness from 1994 the year of our lord me um and a, it was really hard to pick a third one but i had to go with the another one near and dear to my heart which is cube uh as fans of the podcast know cube is the greatest horror film about people strapped inside a cube that's right. Uh, Not only is it one of our favorite series, it also has the recognition of being one of our lowest rated episodes of the podcast ever. People don't understand. Series. People don't understand the quality of the film. We talked about Cube for like six weeks and chased off like half our listenership. Oh hey, they God. should listen. They should have watched Cube. That's not our fault. Uh, hey, I probably my- would agree with 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 the listeners. <laughs> the Cube was all right. It came out when I was in high school. Yeah, it's a great um, It movie. was a good concept, but then it became a torture porn thing. So. Matt, I didn't know that our shea... Porn. Matt, I, I didn't know that our shea butter became spoiled. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong. I guess the, the, someone someone left the refrigerator open. Hey, now I got all... my opinions. <laughs> well, uh, my, they... my movies that I chose were yeah. uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, yeah, uh, Spaceballs, and the live-action He-Man movie, because it's scary bad. <laughs> that's that's offensive I, I genuinely take offense to that what do you have against Dolph Lundgren in a in a, I don't even care that you're types. shitting on the movie I just think you should have more integrity with your recommendations <laughs> so Mike Pecci uh, has directed mainly music videos and yep. shorts uh, including titles such as Bizarro um, several videos from Bose uh, so this is probably, I would say, his most notable release. And he's so put far. a lot, he's put a lot of effort into getting it seen and sharing it. It's like, like I said, a really innovative way of 
marketing and releasing a movie. He also directed the Kill Switch Engage video, Always. Great band. Uh, yep. He also has a podcast where he talks about his his movies and what it means to make indie films. So if you're out there, I'd recommend you go and listen to his podcast host. Um, it's actually a pretty good podcast. If you haven't given a, sh- a get a listen, I I recommend it. I just so, like I think he's like a super talented um, artist. Like mm-hmm. the the stuff that I found on his Instagram are just amazing, and yeah, his visuals really tickle me in a good way. Ooh. So yeah, when we like a tickled Monty, that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, Monty, you 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 literally just watched twelve. I kilometers. just watched it. What and what I, is your gut reaction? What's your raw? Just like fresh opinion and tell, tell the listeners kind of what this movie's about. So it's, uh, you want me to tell them how I, what it's about first. And then, well, here, let me, right. let, let me get you started, Monty, all right. uh, from the sacred tomes of the internet movie database. IMDb. Sit against a backdrop <laughs> of 1980s Russia. A team of scientists and their drill crew have dug the deepest hole known to man. Dredged from the abyss is an entity that brings them face to face with their most terrifying fears. I remember that time until the nightmares of the Я помню, каков был мир тогда, до этого шума. Okay, well, so the movie starts in 1984. Okay. Uh, Russia and these drillers have dug to the point where they cannot dig any further. It's mm-hmm. possibly the deepest they can go. And they how have, deep is it, Monty? It is twelve kilometers. Whoa! Whoa! He said the line. <laughs> the and the yeah, they were trying to capture some sounds in this hole uh, by dropping a mic mic into this hole and to record uh, the audio of the depths the audio of the depths and they uh i guess the son of the project lead uh wanted them to shut down reasons unknown uh but he he wanted to but uh the professor that was leading this this um excursion we just say um was against like had a had a contract with his father who passed away yesterday in the yeah, film. suddenly <laughs> suddenly but um he had this binding contract that prevents the son from taking over and it's a uh, you know his dad's wish the son's uh the father of the son who wants to shut this down it's his dying wish that they continue this scientific excursion to see what sounds are 12 kilometers below in this earth. Um, a lot of gooey stuff. A uh, lot of fem- awesome, awesome um, visuals. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? Like, I don't know. 
Matt, maybe you can attest to this because I know you saw Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. The visual came very close to it, didn't it? Like it, it's almost like really well done special effects, right? It, it's very strong colors in general. Yeah, it's very, very, very uh, strong. It, it's hard to compare anything to Oppenheimer, frankly, because uh, yeah, it's one of well, the bigger budget, bigger. Yeah. Stuff, but, but it, 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 it has the same, it has the same kind of ambition where it really yes. wants to like completely immerse the viewer in the experience. And for those out there, it is this movie reminded me of one film in particular, which is the 2016 film The Void. Um, mm. It's a kind of a suspenseful um, Lovecraftian horror, and this kind of aims in that vein. The setup is very much to me felt very inspired. Um, by the thing, the kind of polar, kind of like stuck in a workplace kind of vibe made me think of that kind of like experience of being trapped somewhere in a singular place doing a singular task, only to be surprised by what you uncover from your dedication. I have to agree. Yeah. Like, I think the way you put it, Lovecraftian, this, Mm -hmm. this doesn't stretch that far from that branch. And no, and I think it's because it doesn't tell you, you don't learn too much about what's really happening. Yes. Which is, I think to the benefit of the movie, you don't need to know more than we're seeing, than we're shown in the film. Yeah. You frankly, we could have known less. It kind of reminds me of the thing. Mm-hmm. In a way where, you know, it's scientists in this excursion. This and, is like the thing yeah. if you see everything. What do you mean? Like, in the thing, in the thing, the whole idea is you don't know who is evil. Like, who, like who is a creature or not. Yeah. Here you see them actually get infected with it as they go along which is a very different narrative experience uh yeah the real yeah the real a and b plot of it is a plot is the uh the leader of the group and his audio engineer testing the microphone uh and then the other side is this russian businessman who's trying to shut down this project as it is the project that his father worked on before he passed away, and there's and he, some sort of grudge still boiling around that. Maybe that well, he his also father a, spent a, time on the project instead a of voice with him. in the back of the head telling him what to do. Yeah, and meanwhile, while he's trying to shut this project down and shut down the power, there's a voice in his head telling him and giving him advice on how to shut down the power. Mm-hmm. A lot of unanswered questions in this 30-minute-long short. Uh, Matt, what would you say were the strongest parts of this, uh, of this film? The sound design, which is, I think, paramount to a film where like the yep. kind of essence of the villain delivery is the sound, the ending, the last like 10, like five ish minutes, the final kind of conclusive set is, I think, really beautifully done. The special really just the- striking, simple visuals. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a really distilled cinematic experience. It's like a, you know, it's described as the culmination, uh, culmination of his worst nightmares come to life. Um, it kind of reminds me of that, um, Stuart Gordon film that we saw. Um, which one, the, the one where they opened that portal and they could see it's the one right after, uh, he directed, um, Oh, you mean, uh, 
Well, my brain, my brain just yeah, my brain is not so reanimator smashed. and it's not Dagon. Yeah, from, from beyond. beyond. From yeah. beyond, yes, from beyond. Yeah, that, it that's, has, it has, that's how I felt about the last five minutes of it. Sure, yeah, I can see that. It also, it also is like reminiscent of uh, John Carpenter's uh, The Prince of Darkness. Um, mm. It has, it has a lot of, in, it takes a lot of influence, I think, from some of these horror greats, and especially from it's kind of to me what feels very directly like Lovecraftian inspiration and in its presentation. It does, so, it does some interesting things that we actually will actually see in Haxon um, using like techniques, like using um, like stop motion animation and like minimal frames. Like, like there's a yeah. couple shots in the movie that are like clearly at like 16 frames per second. Um, so or, or those w- frames have been removed to make everything look more jerky. Since you brought up that movie, I actually wanted to ask, did you guys feel like it was, a supernatural film or was it more leaning towards a sci-fi this uh, movie yeah like I, I was trying to ra- yeah, figure sci-fi. out if it was like did they find like some alien um goo like kind of like venom i i, I think I, I think go ahead ben i i saw it as a parasitic hive mind mm, like a yeah. natural borg yeah yeah for me it's it's sci-fi because i think like like lovecraftian horror in of itself is kind of cosmic and like spaced on like it's not that it's actual magic it's just so different from what we can understand we the only way we can understand it is by going insane or it being magical so it's like just because there isn't a hard explanation it still feels like sci-fi to me i I compare it to i think I may be wrong but a, a few years back i did watch this documentary about um, you know, like these excursions in Antarctica, um, mm-hmm. and how they were saying that they're finding these um, bacterias or viruses or or, or living yeah, like, like organisms, microorganisms, and yeah, like, frozen like complex life, yeah, in time and thousands you know, and thousands of years, like tens of thousands or millions of years below yeah, the ice, yeah, and because with the ice cap melting, these bacteria have you know which have been dormanted for Mm -hmm. millions of years they are slowly coming out and i think that's yeah it kind of reminds me of this and we don't know anything about these microorganisms and what they're capable of doing and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah i kind of i i i I, what i'm trying to say is i kind of leaned towards a science fiction yeah. horror that this movie is more rather than a supernatural like you know a devil's whatever right so mm-hmm. yeah that's why I, I was just asking you guys to see what what you guys got out of it so yeah i i thought this movie as a whole was very clever with how it introduces the uh the invasive character in this mm-hmm. The visuals that are used to show it make it look incredibly uh, interesting, yet unnatural, untrusting, um, very, very sound creature yeah. design mm-hmm. in this. My only complaint with it, really, b- beyond the fact that they misspelled Peninsula on, <laughs> on the on the fir- it's the very first shot of the entire short film. 
That's how you spelled in Russian. Yeah, I think that's probably how they spell it. Then why is it in, in Russian? Then why is it in English? Is it? Let's find it, out. We're gonna find out right now. Matt, say something flowery. <laughs> uh, magnification. I mean, I, I googled peninsula and it's with one N. I I don't see anything where it's spelled that way. I'm gonna be honest. Okay, there we go. I've been I've been proven correct. Anyway. My only other complaint, my only notable complaint, is I feel like it could have been under 20 minutes. Okay. The, the short. The the B-plot with the son of the man who was running the project, if you take that out and you just shift his plot beats to yeah, then one of the two characters being there? In, in, in the other scene, then it's... It's the exact same short, except it's ten minutes shorter, which means it's better. I don't I, I don't inherently agree with that sentiment. I think, if if you I can mean, accomplish the same thing with the same emotional ups and downs in a shorter time period, it is stronger. Because when you're making a film no, I, I agree you with should that. be maximizing every minute. I, I just don't necessarily I, I, I enjoyed what was gained from that b plot but i guess i see what you mean i i'm not saying that like you can still have that b plot but i'm saying then just combine him with another character in there mm, sure right I, I think i can give like a shea butter response i agree with both of you guys like i think i agree with um with ben in terms of the timing like had they gone a little bit uh if they made it a little shorter the it would have made the movie a lot more moving like you know quicker mm-hmm. um but to what matt is saying i think the length is required because the director wanted to i think build the suspense mm-hmm. build the story and and you know in leading into the climax of the film so mm, yeah I, I can see it work both ways um Maybe it would be much more terrifying had they sped it up a little bit. Have they, you know, cut cut out some? There, yeah, like to Ben's point, there are some scenes that was unnecessary. Like it just dragged on for time's sake. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't really have anything to do with the major main storyline. But I think if they went with like a twenty minute mark, I think that would be a sweet spot with it yeah i agree yeah well i think just, it, it, just we can I compare it that... to the other shorts we've watched because we've watched quite a lot of of shorts on this on this oh, podcast yeah. and we were yeah. covering some of the um anthologies we've watched like where would you ben where would you place this in conjunction or like next to like um like lunch ladies and killer cart i'd say it's less good than lunch ladies yeah that one's on that one's untouchable I would say it's stronger than Killer Cart. I agree. Uh, I, was, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's. I. I would say it's much better made than Killer Cart. Oh, I, I would mean, say my enjoyment was a bit more. But it, it, it scores better on the technical scale, but slightly lower on the charm scale. Sure, I'll. I'll go with yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Agreed. Well, Mon- Monty, now that we're kind of we're kind of toiling around here, give us give us your final thoughts and your rating of this movie the special effects the uh was really really well done um 
the visuals, the cinematography, the lighting really does bring out the the 1980s style a little bit. Um, I really, I really enjoyed the storyline. It is, yes, it is ambiguous, but it does uh, deal with the fact of you know you you're um, facing your inner self the your most inner fear Mm -hmm. which i really do like about it and so i think in the score i would give it you know 3.5 out of five and (sighs) this is a tough one um i it's really hard i like i don't get me wrong i enjoyed it um for what it is and how it was you know delivered on the platter um Mm -hmm. i think i would give it a seven out of ten on it and how how charmed you you say you were 3.5 charmed charmed. yeah yeah okay uh ben ben what are your your kind of your total your total thoughts on this film uh i would give it a three and a half out of five Okay. Uh, in terms of the the movie relate uh, mm-hmm. movie rating the the short rating on the charm scale i'd give the short on its own two out of four charms but okay. i'll give it an extra half point because the marketing campaign's really cool so two and a half out of four yeah i i come down i'm about i'm about two out of four charms on this one i liked it i'm a big lovecraftian horror fan so it had my buy-in um but it certainly wasn't like a to hell and back um, or like some of the other really, really mind-blowingly intense shorts we've seen in the last couple of years. And uh, I'd say on, on the technicality score, solid three out of five. I mean, it, it's well-made. It's well-executed. It's cool. Um, it's nothing mind-blowing. Um, but it's a good time. And I'm excited to see what else uh, Mike is able to make in the future. If this is his like kind of culminative first kind of real big debut um, with a short, I'm, I'd be really curious to see what he could do. Uh, with a bigger budget and a longer runtime, I think I'm I'm confident that he can make something pretty awesome. Oh yeah, like he he he's got a very talented eye on filmmaking, and yeah, he he's a cinematographer uh, by trait. Um, I I think he can do really really well. So I'm looking forward to see if he gets funded for another project, like a bigger project. That would be kind of cool to watch. And, and Mike, yeah. if you're out there listening to us right now, we'd love to have you on the podcast to come and talk about what maybe one of those future projects might be. Yeah. Well, now it's time to go back. Whoa. Whoa. It's time to go back into the past. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to 1922. Ooh. Oh, early cinematography. We've made it to the point where films have a narrative structure, but in terms of reference, it's only in the 20s where Americans are picking up from Russians and, and, and the rest mm-hmm. of the film community is taking from the Russians the idea of montage, mm. which is stitching shots together in a uh, not necessarily a nonlinear sequence, but something that takes out interstitials that you don't need to have instead of just watching someone watch from room to room 
they're doing one thing, they're doing another thing. Mm -hmm. So still very much in the early stages of figuring out how to make movies work. And it's under that backdrop that we are introduced to the director, to the writer, to the actor, a man who transitioned from the stage to film. And then once his film career was torn asunder, he returned to stage only to return again, only to be pushed away once again, to return and to leave once again. We are talking about Benjamin Christensen and his 1922 absolute awesome film. One of the greatest <laughs> horror films I've potentially ever seen. Haxon. Yes, Haxon. I we I mentioned this last week on the podcast that we came across Haxon uh, when Ben and I were exploring a thrift shop in the northern portions of Wisconsin. And I had heard of Haxon. I had I had kind of referenced it as a as a fan of witchcraft and the occult and the history of witches and that kind of lore. It comes up in conversations and as an adaptation or an inspir or drawing dr deeply um, from the 14th century text, the Malus Malachirum. Um, it's something that's come up. Now, I never had had the chance to come across this movie and really watch it. And when I saw that it was released for free on YouTube, my, my heart blew up in joy. Um, Haxon is a video documentary slash narrative uh, about the ancient and medieval history of witches up until the t 20th century at the time of the 1920s. And really at, at its core, is almost a condemnation of the way women were treated um, and purports that all of the witch hunts and all of the torture and vicious ways that women uh, were treated because of what was believed to be uh, witchcraft was actually just a horrific misunderstanding of mental and neurological health um, and mass hysteria of the time. Um, I this, this feels like the most homework of the homework we've had on the podcast given how it is semi like educational as a documentary um while also i think to ben's point being one of the most succinctly influential pieces of horror that we've ever talked about on this podcast especially for one that's not as widely covered as many of the other films we've talked about oh i i'm i just looked this up um, I've heard of this film, but I thought it was under a different title. Well, so it, it goes I've by Haxon in of... Danish, which means the witch or witches. Um, but it yes. was released in the U.S. as witchcraft through the ages. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. Because like, it's, it's I, a Danish film. It's a Swedish film that was released um, in Denmark. And at the time of its release was the most expensive silent film ever made, um, costing about two million kruna. Oh, I also heard that the film yeah, was like really the, the film was like really um really dark for his time and I think Oh it yeah. Was, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it banned yeah. at, at at some point? Yeah, too? I mean when it was released it was heavily censored by like uh non-Scandinavian film markets like Germany, France and America. Right. This but, is pre-film code. I mean this yeah. isn't an American film to begin no, with. Scandinavian. But this is still pre-film code. The 20s. So, like, there's no sort of moral integrity you need to keep here. So, technically, oh, yeah. you can put anything on screen that you want. And they want. do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and the, 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 uh, the, the man who put this together, uh, Benjamin Christensen, he's, he's a, a guy where looking through his life, 
he really pushed the boundaries uh, in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, he a had provocateur. Movies, he had movies about abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years after this, he played Claude Zoré in the 1924 film Michael, where he was the male lover of the film's title character, one of the very first films about being gay. Um, And it's... What what he puts together with Haxon isn't something narrative that we would find familiar in today's moviescape. What he puts together is sort of like a cross between... A YouTube video essay yeah. <laughs> mixed in with live reenactments a la America's Most Wanted. So so imagine a YouTube video essay about the history of witchcraft with live reenactments. Including torture. Mm. Um, yes. And like the details of what was done to people. You know, it, it's it's like any any of these like amazing YouTubers say who are making horror films for like like you know content about horror and this kind of esoteric stuff. There's a message to be told, not just to be seen, but for a movie made in 1922, it is like from the compare. We, I mean, we just talked about 12, 12 kilometer, a modern movie made with modern effects. The effects and the cinematography and the visuals in this movie are so beautifully stunning. Yeah, that's the, what I that's what I heard. Like I heard about this film being talked a lot in um one of uh Eli Roth's um TV show. I think it was called uh it's it's on Shudder. Uh it's Eli Roth's History of Horror and they did talk about mm-hmm. witches and they did say this is the most like for 1920s. It's like a very terrifying film, but I did not know it was a documentary about it well yeah. it, it it teaches you the history of this yeah. time period uh, of the of, of witches in general and it's and to ben's point as like like in a youtube doc uh you know video essay it's all bringing you to a kind of narrative conclusion a a, a message to be shared uh by benjamin about his opinions on mm-hmm, these things mm-hmm. um what i think it's, go ahead ben well so i th- there's a number of things i find interesting about this the, mm-hmm. the movie split up into seven parts Yes. The first four to five parts alternate between an explanation of where the concept of witchcraft and even our perception of the cosmos and the world around us comes from. Mm-hmm. And what I find really amazing about these early uh, scenes is that they depict what people interpreted the world looked like from the outside. So they have these little sound stages, these little setups where they meticulously craft a representation of the world based on how people hundreds of years ago described it. And it shows the, the lack of scale in people's minds and the lack of, uh, the, the lack of sort of, uh, depth, not, not like external, uh, transcendental thought, uh, the the idea of the sky is is or the stars being held up by pillars, the ground. Yeah. yeah, and that the stars are held up by strings in the air, so the sky is like a roof. You know, I guess some people still think that. Yeah, it's real uh, funny how regressive thought and history can be. Um, well, also, but it it does make the point too in in that same kind of story 
of kind of displaying how little things actually have progressed when it comes to the way that we see evil, you know, like given the modern day that we live in, you know, where witchcraft and esoteria is on the forefront as ever, but it's in different parts of the world and even in our own country, there are people still being treated and following the same fundamental beliefs and like structure and rigor and like malcontent that this movie purports people having. And even in the most horrific of manners. That's right. Throughout the film, especially as we get more into the reenactment scenes. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It shows how this idea of witchcraft and and Satan and devil worshiping (laughs) is really begat by people believing in it. And the more thoroughly they believe in something the more real it becomes a la Freddy Krueger, except yep. here it's the clergyman who well, here are, it's the reality. We all who, who are, who are creating this, this hysteria and they're feeding mm-hmm. into it. So the people who are supposed to save you are the ones who in many ways are perpetrating it, except unlike Freddy Krueger, this isn't dreams, Matt, like you said, yeah. this is real. Well, Ben to, to, to take that point, I think we need to take a little pause here. Now, what we're saying about the movie is 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 incredibly true and it's it's even more insidious when you look at the text this movie is made off of um or inspired by while being crafted um the malice maleficurum did you did you dive into this at all ben uh no please enlighten me so it, it was a book published in 1486 um it is more commonly known as the hammer of witches. Um, it was written by a, some would say crazed, vindictive, misogynistic, cruel, sadistic man named Hendrik Kramer. Uh, mm. He was a, he was a churchman and an inquisitor. Um, and upon being ex- exiled and, dis- and discredited for his vicious and brutal treatment of women, um, regularly saying that their evil beguiling ways were the reason for his lust for all of the sin that he wanted to commit. He take, he took all of that and placed it upon women. And he believed that it was because they were evil satanic witches. And so he wrote the Malaris Malachvacurum, which, you know, in the time, especially in the 15th and 16th centuries was one of the largest and most complete texts on the history of witchcraft and ancient belief. But not only is it that, it's also a torture guide. Um, it's a guide for how to elicit truth from women, how to get the secrets of their evil ways out of them by torturing them, in addition to all of the historical knowledge that was out there. And, and we see several of these torture devices mm-hmm. at, towards the end of the film, Matt. Are, are there any that stand out to you? Um, I mean, I think there's... One in particular that we're all most known for, which we'll talk about when we talk about the end of the film. Um, but some of the worst ones for me are the thumb screws, which when you are simple, but genuinely, truly brutal. Um, the, uh, the, the spiked belt that is wrapped around and then affixed as a way of like self-admonishment. Um, and I think the most notorious of them all and the one that kind of caps off the end of the movie is the burning alive. You know what? I I, well, I wanted to add that on my trip, I went to in Amsterdam. I went to check out the torture museum. <laughs> we had we mm-hmm. did see the 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 the, the thumbscrew. 
house, which was really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> how how Monty? How would you describe the thumb screw? It is like two metal uh, bars with uh, screws on both ends, but the metal bars, I think, uh, mind you, I was looking at it in the dark. Um, I think they had some ribs or spikes in them. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was just horrible to, to read about that in the museum. So yeah. (laughs) Fun. Yeah. It's a great time. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of inspirational text, especially given how important it became um in the in, in the inquisitions in the in the, the the procedure and the later panic around witchcraft and some of the pagan burnings that occurred all throughout the 1500s it really comes down to persecution um and a lot of it and what the movie taught and what hacks in the film portrays is how through the lens of of, of texts like the melissa Maleficarum and other religious texts on the subject men and the church use uh, confession and torture and harassment mm-hmm. as a way of forcing um, proclamations, you know, functionally gaslighting to put into modern terms, women into admitting they were witches um, because they have to be, or the torture will continue. It's a damned if you do, if you damned, if you don't, there's a, there's a passage in the text about how uh, yeah. witches can't cry, um, witches um, can't be brought to tears. Um, except for if a woman cried during said trial, she may be using the sorcery of the devil to beguile you and trick you into thinking that she's not. Yeah, actually there's no win. way to win. You can't win. Courts. And a lot of it comes down to like persecution and fear of the unknown of what we do not understand, but also a persecution, um, by those seeking to have power and control over others. What what I find fascinating about this movie, I'm shocked that this movie was able to be made yeah. in the 20s in any part of the world. And and one of the subtle things that I appreciate about it is when you see the witches performing witchcraft, when you mm. see Satan in the vast majority of the movie, they're all cool with each other. Yeah, they're like, hanging they out. They don't girl. do anything bad. Like, Satan is actually played by yeah. Benjamin Christensen. Which is that, fucking that is, awesome. Yeah, that's his role. And I, I honestly think he was playing it up because whenever he is on screen as Satan, <laughs> he's doing the tongue thing. The blah, 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 blah. Uh, like, he's doing it to a comical degree. But he hangs out with the witches they teach each other to fly. They fly around. Like, they keep waiting for the other foot to drop, the, the other for, shoe to drop in terms of, oh, but this is what he's making them do. It's nice. He's making them rich. They're having fun. They're flying around everywhere. All they have to do is they have to kiss his ass. Literally. Yeah. But, they, but it, it does it does a great job of, of all of the, the atrocity that occurs in the film all comes at the hands of mortal men. Yes, it it's, comes it's, at the hands of the church. Yeah, and and it's like like how biting and cutting is that, especially for 1922. Yeah, modern day Scandinavia, with how secular they are, it would make it, it could be seen done. But I don't even think if you if you were to remake this movie, which I both really would hope happens and really don't, um, because I feel like it could be ruined. It would be difficult no, to try can't. to send the message that this movie sent. It's it's so perfectly captured, and we there's a you know a movie that I feel like was very was directly inspired by it, and and this movie 
clearly when you look at the visuals and the way it shows characters and shows so many things throughout the film, it clearly inspired years of cinema to come. Um, but mm. almost and most modernly, Robert Edgar's The Witch. There are yeah. scenes and, and shots in this movie that are almost perfectly recreated in that in that film. You cannot no, I... make this movie again. I don't want no. anyone to remake this movie because what makes it special is that any type of horror or horror adjacent in film now, just because film has existed for over 100 years, it is iterating off of itself, mm-hmm. right? You cannot make a horror movie and not have it be at least somewhat inspired by Halloween or sure. have it somewhat be inspired by, you know, uh, Night of the Living Dead or, or, or any horror film. It just can't happen because mm-hmm. at the worst case, you're going to have a three-act Hollywood structure, right? Yeah. Just the whole structure of it. Well, it's what the, makes the hero's Haxon journey never stops. So incredibly special and i think what makes the scenes hit more and make it feel more lifelike even if in a way so many of the scenes are are parody adjacent is that it's not structured like a hollywood film it, it's I mean, not, not it, it's well structured it's well put together but it is it's a film. not it it's a film but and it's a good film but it's not one where I can predict what the next scene is that's going to yes. happen. It feels like you're watching a documentary about something and they don't have a point they're trying to get across. And they do, and it comes at the end. But it is an actual cinematic journey yeah. you go on that yeah. you're pushed on <laughs> and throughout. It's genu- and it's genuinely educational at the same time. Yeah, it's educational it's it's beautifully paced everything's oh. there for a reason and he's able to do it without the framework of what a hollywood movie yep. is which really makes it pop more and and i look to today where you know we're surrounded with so much technology and seeing this movie created in what is effectively an analog world makes it feel so much closer to the source yeah. material it's like a time capsule you, you know what i agree that I agree with Ben. It, this film cannot be remade. It Singular. is, in a way, you can still you can say this film was definitely uh, made and to be enjoyed. And it's like kind of like Fritz Lang. This film was, in terms of horror horror films in the nineteen twenties, this film was like done way way ahead of its time, and I think it can still be enjoyed in today's era like uh, for what it is um yeah I, I i just say i just think that they should just leave it and for our listeners who haven't seen this film or have heard it i highly highly yeah and you can find it. the it's link free, to the it's version free on really, youtube really well there's one multiple. of the most transformational yeah. horror movies that you see in like every single metal music well, video ju- ever well, is just free on youtube just this just the silhouette is, of it, the, is of the, the youtube version like the criterion okay, so, copy because yeah. so I know this there is, is important there are two copy. versions of the movie yes. There's the hour yeah. 46 minute version that is the right version of the movie that's the original it, scandinavian edit yeah, and and the releases I've seen on YouTube have, uh, if not the original 
a soundtrack that was played alongside the film, mm-hmm. a soundtrack that was played alongside the original theatrical release. Maybe yes. not for the premiere, but they're, they're pretty sure it is. It's one close, of the songs is, yeah, one of the songs is apparently anti-Semitic because oh. it's equating Jews to being devil worshippers, but whatever. Um, fuck Nazis. Yeah, uh, fuck Nazis. <laughs> Again, fuck Nazis. But there's a 19... 19- I went to the Anne Frank house. There so you go. I agree. I with that. Something. So the 1968 re-edit of it makes it... It's basically this film's version of the released version of The Plague. Mm-hmm. The killer kid mm-hmm. film. This is the killer witches film. So don't watch the sure. 68 version. Yeah. Watch the hour sixty, the hour 46 version. And if you're confused, just check it out on the r slash 4ttc subreddit. We'll have it there. So, Ben, since this was my homework for you, now that we've kind of presented this movie, uh, do you recommend it to people? And what is your official rating? Uh, yes, I do recommend it. If you're easily offended by dated references to women being hysterical, you're probably not going to like it. But well, I mean, no, I think the movie's condemning that notion. Well, no, it says at the end of the movie, these women just have hysteria. Now we can oh, take sure. care of them. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, I, I don't think it's something you should be offended by, but people may get offended yeah. by it. That's sure. my only caveat. Anyway, yeah, I give it a, language. Yeah, I give it five out of five stars, four yeah. out of four charms. I, I, You can't... This is easily the best silent era film I've watched. Um, I... Like, this is... This, this is... I don't know what more you could want. It's paced as well as you could expect. Mm-hmm. And just while I was, like, re-watching bits of it, mm-hmm. if you don't... If you don't have the appetite for a silent film, just play it on 2x speed and... That's like oh, that's like you. the Gen Z version of this film. Don't do that. If you do that, you're not a fan. No, of this I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying that <laughs> don't like don't if do you want to be a dick about watch, it, you could. Don't do that, and don't watch the version with the live narration. I have dyslexia, and I read every fucking panel of this movie. Watch the thing. Watch it its way it should be. I if I don't know. I'm I'm just putting it out there. I don't. I know I don't have any influence to make this happen. But I really hope one day they show this on the screen of the Music Box of Horrors. For real. This needs to be seen on a big screen. Um, and I, I have to agree with you, Ben. I think it's a pretty untouchable movie. I, I This firmly inserts itself uh, for me into the pantheon and to the, to the legacy of horror and the legacy of putting that which scares us onto film. Um, it's functionally, I've, there's nothing to criticize the movie about. It's innovative. No. It genuinely, despite being from 22, feels fresh. It feels new. It feels like nothing else has truly accomplished the kind of vibe and experience I got from this movie. Um, yeah, four out of four charms. I'm, I'm super entertained. Uh, I, I want to watch the rest of, uh, of Benjamin's work. Um, and I implore all of you out there to go and give it a watch um it's free on youtube you'll find it on the instagram and on the subreddit well i think it's about time we got to our (laughs) homework for the week now monty i know that you have some homework that you're planning on giving to matt how about Mm. you set him up for what he's got due in the next so matt 
I got yes, that's me. two things. One is a game. It's it's basically a walking simulator. Okay. Uh, the game is called uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Okay. And it's got really good reviews. There's a lot of discussions about what the whole story is about. Uh, the other one, there is a okay. movie that is from a director that you were proudly introduced to, Trey Hark. And uh, okay, yes. the movie the is called A Chinese Ghost Story. Yeah. Ooh, I've heard of this one. I've, I've yeah. Oh, the lore behind that that has gone so many ways um, since the movie released in the 1980s, I would say. Amazing. I might just do both of them. We'll see how much time right. I have. Cool. So that's my assignment. Well, yeah. Ben, I have some homework for you. Oh. Now, I most recently provided you with a piece of history, right? Uh, and I want right. to I want to continue that endeavor, and I want to I want to bring us forward in time a bit, but to a movie that I again feel is very important. But just like with Haxon, we hear about like Nosferatu, we hear about the Man Who Laughs, we hear about these early major films in the silent era. Now I want to shift to another era of cinema that we both very much love, folk horror. Now, we've talked extensively about Wicker Man, the director's cut of Wicker Man, all of that, and, it, and its influence on time. But there's one are, movie... Are you going to make me watch, like, the bad version of Wicker Man? I'm not. I'm going to make you watch the 1968 Matthew Hopkins film, Witchfinder General. Some people consider it to be the best early folk horror film, uh, putting it in contention alongside... Uh, Wicker Man and one of the if not the earliest truly traditional modern folk horror films ever put to cinema just to reiterate you just told me to watch 1968's Witchfinder General yes okay okay I'm Why? ready I'm ready have you seen it no I'm you seem I'm, you seem like you I, have I, a preconceived I, 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 notion just, I'm befuddled by this name. I'm so ready for this. Well, it felt it felt very apropos to what we just we just it, watched. No, it and certainly does, man. I'm I'm ready. I think I think it's the right vibe after Haxon. I feel like it's the perfect follow up, especially for our Vincent Price special. In my opinion, one of Vincent Price's best performances. Well, let me tell you, I might be ready, but Monty. I don't know if you are because I too have a video game request of you to play for next week. I'll, I'll try my best. Is there a second homework just in case I don't make it through? Oh no, there's not. I'm not giving you an option here, but don't worry Monty because we're going back to the days of the arcade. I am a man of very niche and neat interests. That's that's very comes to the video game sphere. And nothing warms the cockles of my the heart cockled? as much as this <laughs> one video game system. The only video game system where I have every original release oh on the system no, don't do in it my to hand. Him, man. Don't do it to him. <laughs> the only game system where I have every single peripheral. They released two. And Monty... For next week, I want to give you your introduction 
to the Vectrex. Oh, oh no! <laughs> because V E C T R E X, the strangest, arguably, video mm. game system ever produced. But luckily enough, it has been very well preserved. So even though it is not the same as playing it on an original vector monitor, you can play these games emulated, not just on your computer, but also online. And as such, Monty, I'm going to have you play a small selection of video games from the Vectrex library for next week. You're going to have a blast doll. We're going to talk all about it. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> all right. I'll give, I'll, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and I will tell you, it wasn't an easy road for Vectrex. They released the no. original Vectrex, and man, it came out right when E.T. the video game crashed Yikes. the U.S. industry. <laughs> they were working on a prototype for a portable Vectrex that was the length of uh, a small table. Of course, that their second time around, it failed. They tried to bring the Vectrex back for iOS devices only to be spurned. And yet still to this day, the man who owns the Vectrex license is very willing and accommodating for people looking to make projects based on it because he figures that someday the fourth times the charm. Good night and good morning. That one hit different. Forever with the underground. Uh, uh, that, that, that was clearly set up. <laughs> That's a lie. I'm sorry. I didn't know that we were grading these now. <laughs> One and a half out of four times. Just say yeah, follow, follow us. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on, You're being us too on kind. Follow us on Facebook. Find us everywhere and anywhere and all of ours. Monty, what do we say to the people? Talk to y'all later. It's more butter. <laughs> it's all my strength I got left. Oh. <laughs> 